Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We've got the touch. We've got the podcast. Ba weep grana weep podcast. It's Transformers, the animated movie on Normies Like Us. Normie Bites, let's roll out. One shall stand, one shall fall. I would have waited an eternity for this. I never thought I'd be so happy to see those big bozos. Me Grimlock, no bozo, me king. Arise, Rodimus Prime. Optimus. No. You heard it up top. Fan February continues. As we move on to another pick of your normie hosts, my pick this week, Transformers, the animated movie, 1986, with your host, uh, Optimus Colin. Uh, Mike Rogers. Jodimus oh, Prime. Shit, I stepped on your toe, Jodimus Prime. I'm oh, sorry. Shit. I'm not trying to take over Jodimus Prime and become, you know, Mike Rodimus Prime, <laughs> but we'll see. Watch. You touch that Matrix sorry. star, and I wonder if you'll get it by the end of the episode. Oh, who knows? I know this is Jodimus Prime's fight. I should just get out of the way. Sorry. But last but not least... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this is uh, Jake Optimus Prime. He's going to use There's that a lot of before, primes so in this movie. We all chose Optimus Prime because we <laughs> yeah. all know all and the love prime all the time. So mm-hmm. many Transformers. It's prime time, you you might say, talking about this one. You know, long before <laughs> Sam Witwicky, long before Cade Yeager, there was Spike Witwicky, Daniel, and, and Daniel Larusso. <laughs> yep. Wow, I'm so excited to talk uh, my very good best friends at this movie, all those characters that you just named. But yes, Mike, we are here. We have in the past talked about all of the live action Transformer movies. And now we're at the point where hosts are kind of like picking our episodes, right? And I thought like like a bunch of dumb things. I, I thought of a bunch of like stupid concept episodes like I've tried to do in the past, but uh, I had to follow my heart. And I had to finish a series in the same way where we did the animated films with The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I thought, let's wrap up the last Transformers movie we need to talk about and talk about the 1986 animated classic? Question mark? Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cult Jumping classic. back, you know, cartoon, the original Transformers the movie. You can't really call it Transformers the movie anymore because they'll think you're talking 2007, but... Yeah, 1986, exactly. the first live-action uh, Transformers thing. And I, and I had never seen this, Colin, and I appreciate you bringing this to me. I, I know it had kind of a, wow. some notoriety due to some creative decisions we'll get into when we jump into it proper. But it was, it was fascinating to uh, be able to kind of see the first foray uh, into uh, the silver screen and maybe see what mistakes could be avoided going forward, even though a whole bunch of new ones would be created. But yeah, good, good recommendation. Wow. I did enjoy my time with it. I'm glad. How about you guys? Uh, Jacob, had you seen this before? Uh, No, I haven't. And uh, I think that this watching this movie makes me think that the Transformers adaptations are actually better adaptations than I thought they were because they retain the same ability to be so incomprehensible to me that I (laughs) don't remember a single thing about the plot, you know, a second after I finished watching it, which is the same for the Michael Bay movies. So I'm I'm glad that they retain that from this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, what about you? As 
You guys did all the Transformers. Uh, I, I don't think I was on any of those episodes. I think I was out for all of those episodes. <laughs> I'm glad I can be on the episode where we talk about the only Transformers movie that actually matters, Yay. in my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think I could do what I do for a living and having not seen this before. So Transformers weren't always my jam, but uh, obviously I think this is the best piece of Transformers media, so I'm excited to talk wow, about it. Wow, okay. And kind of a companion to one of your past uh, Fan February picks where we did G.I. Joe, and obviously you kind of mentioned the, the G.I. Joe movie as well, as well as talking about the live-action adaptations there. So, Hasbro, animated live-action cartoons of our use, my boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else yeah. can I say? Full circle. So, Colin, can I ask you then, this is your suggestion, you grew up with this? Is this your, your bread and butter? It's got a sweet, sweet spot, nostalgia world? I think it is the film I've maybe seen the most in my life, and I will say film, uh, arguing that it is, of course, high art. Um, You know, (laughs) go back to our Bumblebee episode. My brother Evan was the guest on that episode. It's very hard to explain Transformers' relationship to his life, let alone his family's life that I'm a part of. Um, But the fact of the matter is, is that he currently works at Hasbro, The toy line that he develops and creates is called the Studio Series, which is a 1986 film animated adaptation line that is literally toy collectors getting scenes from these movies. Wow. uh, This movie. Um, So it's just, again, to say – I I literally asked him this weekend and said, I'm about to do this episode. Do you recall what was our first time seeing this? I was born in 1989. He was born in 1986, but it's not like he was taken from the womb to the theater yes, to see yes. this from the womb to the yes, theater. Right. So, the registration process, yeah. Saw it as young kids after we, of course, had seen like the rest of the series. And it was mm-hmm. like the one thing he was obsessed with because it had robots. And that was literally the only fucking reasoning, right? And I said, but do you remember the movie specifically? And he said, yes. I was sick that day. You went out, meaning me, uh, with our dad and rented a videotape from a mammoth video. And that really stands out because Hmm. we were a Hollywood video or a blockbuster family. I have no idea what the fuck mammoth video is, but he defended this. Yeah, yeah. He said, you guys went there, brought it back. We watched it. You made fun of me because I cried at all the pivotal death scenes. And <laughs> I will refute that. Yeah. I was a mean kid, but there's there's no way these weren't hitting me pretty hard. So, uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. But that's my history with it. Let's jump in because, you know, Jacob, to your point, I watched it for the first time with kind of the detached lens of – is this a good movie? And maybe have some questions of my own about some strange scenes of this thing. So yes, let's let's dive right in and talk the the animated classic 1986 Transformers. Robots in disguise. We're back and we are rolling out and transforming into a beautiful podcast where we're talking Transformers the Animated Series. We should say, 
It's a rockin' soundtrack is hitting us right now. Mm-hmm. And a fucking oh, yeah. epilepsy warning because, baby, if you are triggered <laughs> by seizures, do not look directly at Unicron. No, no, no. Yeah. This is a 86 Toei Animation Japan baby. Let's go, seizure warnings. Uh, let's, yeah, let's fucking <laughs> But I flash. did, you know... Yeah. I did like the animation in this. I thought the animation was pretty cool. Like having never seen this before, like I was impressed with that aspect of it compared to like, you know what I think of when I think of like Saturday morning cartoons and that stuff. Obviously this is, has a bigger budget being a theatrical film, but I was impressed with the, some of the animation in it. None of the Ralph Bakshi rotoscope, but we were so familiar (laughs) with the Lord of the Rings animated, right? We're instead getting like Mike just said, fucking Japanese animation. The earliest exposure that people of our generation kind of got and that sort of paved the path for, I would say, a whole culture of kids now enjoying manga and anime and all that Mm -hmm. stuff because they watched 80s cartoons like My Little Pony Joe, G.I. Joe Joe, fucking Voltron, Transformers, He-Man. Mask, yeah. He-Man, Mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all Dino Riders, all of this uh, stuff, man. All of the old classic toy lines. I mean, I think like the first thing you have to say about this is they don't make them like this anymore. They just don't. No. Like this is a, a continuation of the series, right? This isn't like a reimagining. This is picking up right where you left off. And it's for fans of that series, whether they are 10 or 25. Like, it really covers everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing that stuck out for me was how dark and, like, violent this movie was and how many characters you watch die. And it's like, (laughs) oh, kid, is this your favorite Transformer? Do you want to watch the light go out of his eyes mm. as he, you know, crosses over from the mortal plane? Like, <laughs> this movie is really dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about you it, know? though. Grieve not, Jacob. He's going to be a part of the Matrix forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Check out our new toys. <laughs> that message was next really year. Out. And yes, of course, Jacob, that is the obvious point. But let's, let's dial back. First yeah. image you see in this movie, Unicron, the big bad guy, he's going to eat a bunch of planets. Jacob, to your point, second image you see in this movie. Hi, everyone. I'm Optimus Prime. I'm your best friend. Every other hero you can imagine from the TV show you watched every week, get inside one spaceship. We're out of here. We're gone from our home planet. Me, the most popular character, and the Dinobots, the second most popular character, will be getting in this second spaceship. Don't worry. (laughs) You guys will be fine. Mm -hmm. And you watch the Decepticons uh, ravage that first spaceship in a way... That, again, I will remind you, it would be like if Cobra came into the G.I. Joe guys and started shooting people in the head. <laughs> or if the putties yeah. walked yeah. up on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and just started strangling one of them to <laughs> right, death. Right. And all the other ones were like, wait, what do we do here? What's going on? <laughs> it's like um, yeah. Yeah. the and opening I, I, of Avengers when Thanos just like wrecks Loki and everyone. It's like, it's that like, right. it, it could be like that grimdark, you know? But I had to imagine the show, which I didn't watch, like they're not just killing Transformers left and right in the show because then they would have no like characters, right? So this is probably, I'm guessing, different for the movie where they're like, Obviously, they did want to phase out some of their older toys and introduce a new line. Uh, but just the way they do it in this movie is so shocking, even when, you know, Optimus's death, which we'll get to. But, like, that happens, yes. like, in the first 20 minutes of this movie. It's crazy. It absolutely does. And the bait and switch, I just set up a scenario where you go, 
wow, Optimus is going to survive this whole thing. He was in that second ship <laughs> mm-hmm. of all the, the best characters or most beloved, and he's the lead of this thing. He's going to be fine. But no, Hasbro wipes the board. And just to set up the inception, I guess, of this whole movie, I'll say they looked at their three most important properties, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, the Transformers. And they said, let's turn these into feature animated films that will act like the biggest commercials of all, opposed to these little 30 minute ones that we get. Mm-hmm. And we will just jam them with so many fucking toys these kids will lose their fucking minds and have to buy so much goddamn shit, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the first swing at bat of that. And when it comes out and every kid is horrified because it's like Luke Skywalker getting his head cut off in every scene and you're just <laughs> like, no, I don't want this. What are you doing? Those are my best friends on the planet that you are murdering. What is happening? They changed all their plans uh, Lieutenant Hawk or, or Dove or whatever his name is, Joe, in the G.I. Joe movie, uh, who – or I'm sorry, Duke. Duke is the one who, who's yep. going to get killed, Duke, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they just go, like- no, we, we're, we – they switch it with the voiceover and go, Duke's okay. Like some guy off screen after <laughs> yeah. Duke gets shot in the heart. He's going to make like, it. Actually, and Duke's wow. fine, kids. We're sorry we killed and Optimus. And then they change – they change like all of the plans in the, the cartoon moving forward because – you know, the Transformers movie acted like a sequel to the series, right? Like, kind of like G1 happened, then you had this, and then you went into kind of the G2 and future stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the G.I. Joe movie happened, like, in between, and there's a very clear point where, like Colin's saying, like, oh, this was not how it was supposed to go, because they change kind of that leading cast. It goes from having, like, Duke and Scarlet at the front to having Flint and Jane at the front. Because that was going to be the future moving forward, and they just had to like redirect. Oh man, yeah, and I, I guess like because Toei's working on this and the GI Joe movie at the same time, and then this comes out, and they're like then the studios like change it all. But man, what a what a play! Like obviously corporate mandate, we got to get the new toys, and it's like. You're watching, right. you see your favorite character die, and then your brother's favorite character die, and then your cousin's <laughs> favorite character die, and you're all just traumatized one after another. And it's like, I get it. Yeah, like, you know, if your dog gets hit by a car, you're really sad, and lo- most likely you'll get a new dog. But that's not how you should do the toy <laughs> flip for kids. That's terrible. No. Right. I think yeah, they really underestimated. meet that new dog, like, before the other one <laughs> that's dies. That's true. Like, like, usually you don't, like, dip your toes <laughs> into right. another dog, dog before the other one's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, that dog rides a skateboard? Well, I think they underestimated the emotional connection that kids had to, especially characters like Optimus Prime, who was like the leader. And it's mm-hmm. like to just kill him off. And uh, they're like, oh, don't worry. We've got Ultra Magnus. Everyone's other <laughs> oh, favorite transitional right? character to get us to another yeah. <laughs> yeah. chosen oh, one. Baby. Right. And then, yeah, he's not the actual leader at the end. Then we have Hot Rod who transforms into Rodimus Prime. Do I have that <laughs> correct? Yeah, dog. <laughs> Which you will be doing by the end of this episode, as mm-hmm. you said. Now, yeah. I do want to reiterate. Yes. There, none of these characters existed before this movie. These were not characters they hinted at. This is not where they say any of this thing. Mm. I don't even believe, do they say in the movie, this is maybe extended lore? Uh, Ultra Magnus is Optimus Prime's brother. I didn't catch that from watching. I don't, I don't think they think said that. they no. said it in the <laughs> yeah. movie, no. It was a single viewing. I'm also very confused what constitutes like a Transformer dying. Because you can take them apart. <laughs> a lot of characters that get like, rebuilt in this <laughs> Yeah, like Ultra Magnus gets rebuilt, right? But then Optimus just dies because I guess his 
brain his too much brain damage. Four times in a row. <laughs> so he really gets and laser sorted. Yeah. yeah. But then even in addition sword. to that, like the scene where the Decepticons are leaving and they're like, Oh, we need to like dis- we need to like throw some of our friends out of oh, the yeah. in the space because we're too yeah. heavy. There's too much dead <laughs> like that, weight here. Yeah. That's so, a dark concept for children. And then having <laughs> You know, Starscream, the way Starscream Shoots dies off his is own like, foot to escape oh my God, it's too much. It's absolutely yeah. too much. Uh, the newest toy coming out is Starscream in the regal crown and cape, of course, and he looks very fancy. Yeah, his I coronation do like mm-hmm. Exploded a jo- Joffrey at the wedding death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. I'm the king now. Starscream yeah. plays into like my favorite trope of 80s cartoons, though, where for some reason the bad guys all had a bunch of like fucking bureaucracy, right? <laughs> and the underling or the, the direct boss had an underling who like did not respect him at all and was always actively <laughs> undermining. Trying to usurp. Him. Like you have yeah. like Destro and, and uh, Cobra mm-hmm. Commander, Starscream and Megatron. Like it was just the thing that was happening in every one of these shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you need a duplicitous uh, sidekick yeah. to be, you know, to the overtake you at some point. Yeah, just like the Sith, yeah. there's always two. Yeah, <laughs> pick up. Yeah, it is, I love that about Starscream, though. He's always plotting, and like that makes its way into the Michael Bay's. But man, tough way for him to go out. But they were like, yeah, also not just heroes; they were killing fate, popular villains too. Like Megatron's out, like pretty much very early on, you know, out of commission. And the issue with that, and not even dead, just getting reformatted and turned into a slave of Unicron, right? Mm-hmm. We get this great transition of Megatron to Galvatron, where you go, well, Frank Welker could still voice that character. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like a That's what I was thinking too. super I was like, talented voice actor. Well, we have this guy. His name is Leonard Nimoy, and he plays a little character named Spock. Now, what would you think if he came in and instead played Galvatron? And you go, I don't know. I don't know that I want that. <laughs> right. Why does his voice change when he gets a new body or an augmented knows body? Right away. He goes, you're Megatron. And he's like, I am. Hey, and then he just like, blows him right. up. <laughs> New, new voice box. Bone, yeah. we got a new voice box. But now, see, now knowing this, it makes sense why Leonard Nimoy plays Sentinel Prime. I'll take your face. Yeah, I do like that um, they brought him back. You know, <laughs> there's a connection there. And the Matrix of Leadership is introduced here, I guess, and comes back. So there's a lot uh, kind of trickle-down effect, maybe even despite the initial childhood trauma. Maybe this thing has gotten a little bit more love uh, in more recent years, maybe. I like that. Um, the twist, of course, I will just say uh, Frank Welker voices Galvatron in the live action universe. So he does, he gets the twist mm. opposed to being Megatron. But not Megatron. Megatron. Right. I think he takes over a bit. I can't remember how those To Mike's point, yeah, we have a lot of things that are developed in this movie that are original. RC, the first female Transformer, who they never made a fucking toy of, uh, but still the concept of a girl Transformer. Uh, Unicron, mm, yeah, Galvatron, the Junkacons, you know, all that fucking bullshit that they have brought the into Shark-a-cons the live action or universe. Whatever. Did they bring oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the court Wheelie planet too. that executes you? Into the Transformers. Oh, I love the so, Quintessons, <laughs> yeah, the weird, uh, shifting headed face people, 
If you recall, yes. in the live action last film that we watched, Quintessa is the mm-hmm. overarching evil villain played by a Bing Bing yes. fan, I believe, a Chinese actress, right? Right, right. right. Wow. Wow. She's, that's crazy. It sucks. Yeah, so there is a... <laughs> but this planted seeds that have since sprung into... Because yes. this was what? I, I read $6 million budget, did not make it back. No. Kids were traumatized. Yes. Right. But, but it became more know, of a kind cult of classic. Set, yeah, but what is essentially kind of a prog rock it. album cover? Like it looks like an ELO or you know like a yes, yes or something. Yes. If you guys liked heavy metal or fire and ice when you were kids or whatever, like this really does scratch a sci-fi itch of and I do enjoy the trope too of a fucking disastrous event happens. The fucking Decepticons for some reason, the plot of this movie is they fucking decide to pull the trigger and like we're gonna go down there and like let's just we're fuck just up them, everyone yeah. on the fucking planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, to to say something very prescient real quick, a force of immigrants who come from another world, right? Um, the Autobots who bring their war to us are targeted by mm-hmm. a bloodthirsty, you know, fucking war savaged other side of their population, basically. Um, yeah, sure. And uh, they decide to wipe them out. Kind of fucking kicks off this terrible event where they realize that their world is going to be kind of eaten by this uh, Galactus-esque giant transformer named Unicron. But in between that, you get a lot of like, you know, hey, it's the weirdest pairings you could ever imagine. The Dinobots and like, you know, this kid asshole played by Judd Nelson that you've never seen before and fucking the oldest transformer again who you've never seen before named Cup are going to go on, like, the craziest sci-fi adventure you could ever imagine. Like, if you like fucking Douglas Mm -hmm. Adams, get ready. And I I, I like the, uh, you know, weird sci-fi humor bent to it all, I guess. So Hot Rod first appeared in Mm -hmm. this movie, is that what you're saying? Yes, and of course we know him as uh, Omar Epps, I believe, or French actor uh, in in the the really nighty one with Anthony Hopkins, where he was like a black race car, I I believe. Mm. Could be. Hmm. Can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then um, he's kind of like the Daniel, bumblebee right? of this movie. Yes. Right? He's, he's the, the uh, cool yeah. childhood companion because, like Joe said, it is a sequel to the animated series. So mm-hmm. again, imagine you go to it and you're like, "Well, okay, Transformers. Whatever's going to happen, at least I know I'm going to have Spike. He's my childhood analog. He's the human character I can relate to to be with the Transformers." And they're like, "Spike's a middle-aged man who wears a fucking robot suit and lives on the moon where he does space mining with his best friend Cliff Jumper." And you're like, "What?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah. The weirdness of this movie is why Transformers as a brand is still going strong. Yes. Like People are so obsessed with this because of the childhood trauma of this movie. And I think it was a lot of people's first exposure to that type of sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like people hadn't had this, mm-hmm. this time jump, which is kind of like commonplace now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the passing of the torch. Like, I, you know, you see what they're doing from a business standpoint, but it's like, all right, so Spike is older. He's got a son, Daniel. This is your new analog. Next gen, you know, And there's robot cities, Mike. um, What if the transformer technology had been on earth for 20 years? And you go like, 
oh, it's 2005? Cool. <laughs> I remember 2005. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't what it was like. The future. Instead of just having yeah. like two or three in Cuba, it's like they have established a city where they can live with right. amenities Jazz that are more similar two. to their home planet. Just to Moon Base 2. There's yeah. two moon bases, Mike. Yeah, one on the light and one on the dark side. You got to play the Pink Floyd album while you're watching dark it. Dark of the moon. Get it. Yeah. Dark of the moon. Yeah. So a lot, like Joe said, there's a lot of setup that this did that throughout time made its way into other projects. It did make Transformers one of the most popular and like profitable franchises of the modern era. And we got, you know, Beasts, War of Beasts coming soon. Yes. Yeah. That was the next big change. We kind of kept with this version of Transformers for a long time until Beast Wars switched over. Yeah. So Yeah. Significant. It, 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 it's a... What do they call it? A nexus point in Loki? What do yeah. they call that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, shifting. Transformers to a, movie is a nexus a point. A different type of transformer, and I just wonder: are we gonna? Are we excited to go back to the live action universe? Just even, you know, what did you just think watching this and being like, ah, yes, the concept of transformers. Here we go again. Were, were you happy to be back? <laughs> Personally, I was. This particular movie because. It, it, because it's that 1986 kind of anime vibe with like the power metal, like that really works for me. Cause I would watch like, um, there's a show bubblegum crisis about the night sabers who were like a women group of iron men who by night play in a rock band and, and also by night stop crime in iron man suits. Nice. And so it's all these like power ballads while they're fighting robots and the plots really jumpy because like we only got 20 minutes, whatever. And this feels like that. And it just reminds yeah. me of like, that era of watching these style of cartoons. Right. And so I appreciated kind of that juxtaposition of like super future and eighties rock, which we, we don't really have that. And I, I enjoy that. And then with yeah. Bumblebee, the best scene in it was the Cybertron war, which is all gen one styling. Totally. So like, I'm excited to see more of that uh, personally, more power Hopefully. ballads, please. Well, I do like the, uh, yeah, the eighties music of it all. the, the colors, the, like you said, the flashing animation, like it's very, you know, it overwhelms the senses, but uh, I did enjoy that <laughs> aspect. Like I said, couldn't follow a lot of the plot. Um, I think part of it is, okay, I didn't grow up with the Transformers, but a lot of them look the same to me. Like they're mm. all just different, like robots who are like different colored. Well, so and Jacob, I can always tell them apart, but <laughs> did it blow your mind to go to other planets and be like, Oh, and the alien life here are also just big talking robots. Interesting. <laughs> yes. I was very confused by that. They go to the, the junk planet. Obviously they have the Eric idol robot. Uh, I was like, what's going on. They have, like I said, the court scene where they, Say you're innocent, and then they throw you into the shark. Guy with a metallic mustache uh, yeah. explains who Unicron is. He's like, "You guys don't know who Unicron yes. is? Let me explain. I'm a guy whose planet was blown up." But I, had I was a, wondering I had a about that uh, that mustache. Mm-hmm. If that's like a racial stereotype because it's like a Fu Manchu oh, mustache. And I was oh, like, "Wait, okay. I was going to say, oh, what? No, he looked <laughs> like well, first uh, of all the concept of a metal Transformers having facial hair kind of blew my mind because sure. they don't really have hair, but." Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. And also I want to it's say... It's a facial fender. Yeah. I remind you that our <laughs> best friend, yeah. that I, uh, Hound, had a beard. John Goodman's character made of bullets, I believe. <laughs> that's, right. Mm-hmm. that's right. That's um, right. But the other character I really liked, the standout for, for me, was Grimlock. Ah, of course. Possibly my favorite Transformer, <laughs> Grimlock. Uh, so, you know, I'm all for, you know, if they want to bring the Dinobots back, 
you know. You didn't like him in Age of Extinction? That wasn't the proper well, they didn't, Grimlock No, you? because they didn't have him go, oh, Grimlock, me Grimlock. Uh, he didn't <laughs> say that. Yeah, that's what I would have been into it. Yeah. Not Bozo. Yeah, me yeah. <laughs> they have a very Yoda way yeah, of speaking. I like that version it's so distinct. Um, that guy just did that in the recording, and they were like, oh, that's great. You should keep doing oh, that. He's okay. like, okay. Uh, he's literally every little kid's favorite character. He was Grimlock was my favorite character yeah, when yeah, I watched the too. show. How could he not be? Wheelie? Do you guys remember his little companion Wheelie in live action? That's a uh, uh, fucking uh, SpongeBob's voice That's actor. That's an annoying robot. He's, yeah, he's the little guy who's oh. like looking up fucking Tom Megan Kenny. Fox's skirt. Yeah, Tom yeah, Kenny. He's like, Megan Fox's right, leg right. And shit. Yeah, It's like, no, yeah, I don't yeah. want any of that. <laughs> yeah. So he made his way into the live action too. He's less annoying here though, yeah. Um, who, so Grimlock and the Dinobots, they're from the show. They were introduced prior, totally. right? So people have a previous relationship. They like them. What about, should we like discuss the new characters and how good or bad they are? Cause blur for me, I could not no, stand. That the, the, like, super hey, I'm talking really fast, but I got to talk fast. So, this is my whole identity. You know? Yeah, like, after his first line, I was like, okay, I get no, you. Yeah. Normies, I don't need to hear anything. you from you again. <laughs> 22 episodes of this would be great. Oh, yeah. Normie's Horn from the 80s, that is played by the man known as the Micro Machines guy. Now, there was a yeah. toy when we were kids where the concept mm-hmm. of the toy was, hey, you know how Matchbox cars are like small cars? What if they were even smaller Yeah, they fit in a Matchbox. <laughs> Those would be called mm. micro-machines. And you're like, wow, who will buy this garbage? He said, well, <laughs> they'll buy it if you get a guy who can talk at record speeds to just fucking go micro-machines, micro-machines, and just go on and on and on and on and on, right? Um, I hate that guy. I hate Blur. I hate that whole character. <laughs> Blur was never in live action. He so never Blur's- got translated over. And does he no, have like no, no. a superpower of being super fast? He's the Flash, like other than just talking of, fast. Yeah, of the Transformers universe. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. He often doesn't say much fast. He just says the same thing repeatedly. Yeah, like he's not. I wasn't getting even a that impressed no, with the speed of speed. Right? He, fast he's, he's talking. He's <laughs> like an I wasn't even impressed. That is, you can talk fast. Like, I, I can talk fast. He's got a loose wire. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, here's my question. So, Rodimus maybe could have worked. I like that he likes fishing. I just really want to point that out. Yeah, he loves fishing. fishing. Um, I like that each of the sides have like a guy that has a cassette tape that comes out of him and he shoots cassette tapes and then they turn into smaller robots. And there's like mm-hmm. an Autobot one and a Decepticon one. I like that aspect that little of it. one or Jacob, where we yeah. stay on that wide and you get to see the comedy beat of the forces kind of pushing each other back as the cassettes kind of come out. Fucking gorgeous, fucking beautiful. Obviously, the best characters yeah. and the coolest toys yeah. because they obviously came with little guys that went inside like that. Right. And why can't yeah, we have yeah. those in the uh, live action movie and have just a giant cassette well, tape come out of one of the recall, chests? <laughs> if you recall, <laughs> yeah, our right. favorite character of uh, the second or third one, Laserbeak, it makes that guy commit suicide. Oh. He is one of yeah. those things. Laserbeak. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Sure. I like Laserbeak when he flies in and uh, Megatron's like, Ah, my only shoulder yeah. doesn't fuck That's shit up like all you The only guy I like, a laser beam. Yeah, what a fucking piece yeah, of shit. This bird. Uh, what a piece and then Soundwave's like, I'll do whatever you want. I'm sorry, boss. I didn't mean it. But Soundwave is part of the mutiny. Yeah, play that tape. Yes, he yes. Fucking right. pushes him out. Huh? So, scale wise, here's something that is Soundwave's always part of the mutiny, me. yeah. We mentioned it before. They're inside Astro Train. Astro Train is one of their beloved companions. Astro Train is what you call a triple changer. He's very rare mm. in that he can turn into. Two vehicles a train. and a robot. Turns and into a, robot. a spaceship, yeah. turns into a train, Jacob, turns into a robot. 
Now, but isn't it just a train that can go into space? Basically, or is it different? It puts little flaps form? down that are like I'm a shuttle now. Uh. That's all. Literally, the toy would just flip upside down, and it's like one side's the thing and one side's the other thing. Right. So they are inside him. He does the power play of. Oh, there's too much weight. Wink, wink. Kill all the fucking weaklings. They're like, you got it, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, sorry. Astro Train says, <laughs> you know, so you got to go. Uh, kick some guys <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, they throw their wounded out. That's crazy. Throw their man. wounded out. It's brutal. It's a total That's how you know they're the bad guys. Um, later, yeah. when we're at the coronation, okay, and Starscream's getting his crown on, the guy patting him on the shoulder, standing at his exact height next to him, that's Astro Train. That is the being they were all just inside every single Decepticon wow. there. You can dare to be stupid. You can turn the other cheek. You can just give up the shit. You can eat a bunch of sushi, then forget to leave a tip. Dare to be stupid. Come on and dare to be stupid. That's a good question. So. Scale. He can turn into a ship that can hold multiple yes. transformers. Jacob, Megatron, Megatron turns into a single pistol a gun, that another yes. person has to hold. He is taller than okay. a building. He's bigger than me. I was wondering about that. So he turns into a gun that another transformer then has to yes. shoot. So what is the point? He's but he can leader. also just be a robot and shoot as a robot. So why does he even turn into a That's gun? That's a great question. And he has guns mainly in, his robot in the animated form. series, it would be because the gigantic robot would put the tiny scope up to his eye, and you'd get like a sniper oh, yeah. zoom in screen, and you'd be like, oh. "What? What? What is he going to do that the giant cannon on your arm couldn't right. do?" Then I feel like he addresses that when he becomes Galvatron, because then he transforms and he's a self-sustaining. Yes. He doesn't need someone. Yeah, to hold just like he's just like a turret, gun yeah. himself. He can yeah. turn into a tank or whatever, but yes, you know, it just it, it's bugged me since I was a kid, these spatial anomalies that are the Transformers. Yeah. And I don't think we ever run into that into the main series. Wheelie is, or in the live action, sorry, Wheelie is small. Those things that are like, you know, like a PS2 or an Xbox changed in like one of those scenes, remember? Yeah, yeah. Like other things. Like it's yeah. all scaled properly. A Sony computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sony got to get the brand right. Um, <laughs> so what if well, what if you just imagine that all spark technology has like black hole applications <laughs> as well? Does that make you feel must, yeah. better about it? Would it? Help me a lot. Well, Colin, let me ask you um, this because in the show they don't ever trans like one doesn't transform into a car that then the other robots can like sit in the car right that doesn't happen all the time what are you or, talking about oh, it does all, all the time <laughs> that's kind of like the whole point <laughs> yes the big ones how else so do they, they can get turn you to buy into a, a large that, play set that's for your smaller you know, yeah. come on <laughs> There are many um, times where sense, Optimus yeah. Prime will call that big ass trailer that he's hauling, where all the other little ones like Bumblebee will like, let's get inside, we'll guys. In that yeah, and you're like, this <laughs> is disgusting. But it also <laughs> has the gun parts in it. So I don't know. Yes. It's got to be black right. hole technology, Joe. I think you're right. It has to be. That's, that's what I think it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, Anyways, think about like the arc like. where it's like, oh, that's the base of operations, but also the spaceship. Yes. Like, my friend is a giant flat screen TV, but he's also a skateboard. <laughs> That's truly, pretty sick. Truly, truly, truly. The only um, logic for the Megatron gun, I'm really quick, is probably a toy designer thought a kid would have it and then turn it into a gun and then play like, I'm yes. Megatron and he, now. He gets yes. sold. Yeah. So then I he had to justify the it in the show. The that is what it was. Yeah. It's this, yeah. the toy Just was watching the another Decepticon hold Megatron and shoot him. <laughs> right. Mainly it this was Starscream who would do it on the show and he'd be like, you're the worst yeah. Megatron. But he would like shoot him and <laughs> Just help. Just throw him in a lava. And now you're king. Right. <laughs> But let's let's stay on it. So yeah. let's talk about new characters and keep going with new voices. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Spock. 
Let's talk about Leonard Nimoy. Let's talk yeah. about Galvatron. Um, you know, comes in and does a perfectly serviceable job. Yeah, he's fine. He tries sure. to do the double cross, you know, on the old uh, Unicron. You know, he's he's doing villain stuff. It's fine. He's no one controls me. Yeah, now I control you. Oh, I am I am pleased to be the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's That's fine. A line from the movie. It, it's just as good Basically. as Sentinel Prime. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. fun that they did that homage. It's again, you just go like Frank Welker has done like like Shaggy's voice or I'm sorry, uh Fred's voice from Scooby Doo from like, you know, like for sixty years or like seventy years or something like this. Jeez. He's done such a wide variety of voices. If you don't want him to yeah. sound like Megatron, just ask Frank Welker to do a different voice. Right. Right. Well, then, put another robot this is what I'm fascinated by with this movie. Ask Peter Collins Optimus Prime to do a different voice. So they get these these big names to just play these these voice roles. And obviously that's a thing, you know, in animation a lot, you'll get big stars and stuff. But with this movie, it's just so odd because talk about Leonard Nimoy. The one that blows my mind really is Unicron. Orson mm-hmm. Welles. When I think of Orson Welles and Transformers existing like at the same time, <laughs> it just blows my mind like that he was aware of the concept of Transformers, uh, which I'm sure he wasn't. No, right. <laughs> like, and I read so you know on Wikipedia it says um, he recorded his lines in a day on October 5th, 1985. I mm-hmm. think. Yep. Uh, five days later, he died. Yeah. Wow. Now, so he literally recorded these lines five days before he died. Now, the last thing thing he that, like the week he died, someone explained what a transformer is to him. <laughs> oh yeah, someone yeah. sat down and the said, idea, like, "Okay, so there's this Optimus Prime." Joe, that he said the words out loud. Ultra Magnus still lives. The Matrix of Leadership <laughs> is on the planet of the junk. Go now, my servant Galvatron. And you just, you're just like, insane. And we need you to get that all out, buddy. <laughs> now, here's what fine. I want to say Jacob, it's terrible that he died right afterwards. All the trivia on the fucking planet is his Wikipedias, his IMDb's, all that stuff is littered with, did you guys know? He was in the Transformers <laughs> and then he died and you're like, yes, okay, yeah. leave it alone. Um, I have thought about this maybe my entire life. And this is maybe the reason we're doing this episode is literally so I can just pitch this skit idea to you guys. But in All the right. same way that Netflix has that like Bash Brothers thing or the like um, the Valentine's Day, sexy Valentine's Day with Michael Bolton, or that like Frankenstein's monster, the monster Frankenstein with David Harbour, whatever that is, those 40-minute comedy mm. experiments or whatever. The idea that someone hasn't thought to write down, hey, you know what's a really funny idea? The PA at a recording studio who has to deal with the Hasbro Six, executives and the yeah. last recording of the greatest person to ever contribute <laughs> to filmmaking of all time, right. mm-hmm. Orson Welles as the character Unicron <laughs> in The Transformers the movie. You could even wrangle right. it into another famous actor has to play Leonard Nimoy. You know, other people coming oh, yeah. in. Like the the comedy potential of the drunkest, fattest <laughs> human being to ever exist yeah. who was a legend I cannot, Normies, if you well, that's don't what's understand insane, like the importance to cinema <laughs> Orson that Wells, this man is. Citizen Kane. Oh, the most important American filmmaker um, of all time, at least from like 
draw the DNA of. Yeah, I mean, this is a man <laughs> that like making made Shakespeare yeah. films. You know, he did film noir. Late stage uh, Orwell, of course, was the giant, like, 300-pound man with a beard that you might have seen. Like, uh, check out F for Fake, his 1976 oh. movie, insane movie. Uh, but Touch of evil, baby. Obviously he's a so legend. Fat. Well, I mean, the guy... He's so fat. Yeah. He's he's oh, he's fat, fat by, like, age 35. Yes. He's, but like, he's, 300. But a remarkable like, talent. But, yeah, he um, kind of jump-started yeah. his career. His voice alone sent, you know, the northeast yes. part of the United States into a panic over War, War of the Worlds. World. So, I mean, yes. you know, a man legendary. Who knew I mean, pleasures. he was radio, he was on TV. <laughs> the but the primary one he knew was drinking. And, yeah. again, and it's almost brutal to say, but if you have not seen the video of the outtakes of the champagne ad that he did that I shared with all of you guys as well, Normies, seek this out. It is just one of those all-time classic pre-YouTube Things that you would just get passed around at a party and go, hey, did you know the guy who made Citizen Kane like, like goes like, oh, champagne. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah. The champagne. This is my question is like, how much do you think like he was actually aware of none? What's going on in this movie? Zero. I mean, they probably just gave him cue cards and were just like, yes. just read this line. It's not like he understood the concept right. of $500,000. Yes, to say <laughs> yeah. Optimus Prime, you're mine now. Or, you know, like various right. phrases. Ooh. Which at, what, at, at that point, Prime it's like... you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> why even have names? him... Why even get him to do a voice in this know. movie? You can have literally anyone do that voice. Like, it's not like he brought anything like... Particularly the kids aren't rushing to the, to the theater because Orson Welles is on the poster. You know, <laughs> no. they don't care. Right. Oh, is so it just for his name mixed. value? It's, it's got this echoey, you know, sort of overlay on top of it's it. It's like the studio just is like, we need bigger names. Like that, it was their thing. And, you know, I did see that yeah. he mentioned to his biographer, Orson Welles, like, today I, I played a planet and I tried to have a plan and then it got usurped and then I tear myself apart. And like that's pretty much all he took away from his <laughs> pretty experience. much yeah <laughs> now yeah. can I blow your guy's mind uh, I don't know if you noticed at the end there he pulls his head off as he's screaming and exploding right and throws yep. himself into space the future of Unicron is that he actually survives and for the rest of the series or for that second generation as Joe was mentioning that continues post film uh, he is a moon his head that circles uh, their home planet Cybertron and is inhabited by Dun 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 dun! The ghost of Starscream. Whoa! <laughs> oh, I as a Rose kid, I was like, that- "Transformers can be ghosts." <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> Again, I think yeah. Yeah. I when do up. they die? How do they become ghosts now? Whoa! Right. I have a lot of questions about the physiology of Transformers, mm-hmm. the anatomy mm-hmm. of Transformers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do they reproduce? Mm-hmm. How are seeds. they born? We saw their seeds in the Michael Bay movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of questions. Yeah, none of those get answered in this film, though. So we're not not here for that. But I think it was it's it's um, just interesting how weird it is because of the studio like interference. Like we got to get Orson Welles. We got to kill all the main characters. We got to you know do all this turnover. And it's like maybe that's not the best way to make. So they had to make that mistake to not make it again. And then they tried to fix it with Serpentor. It didn't even go to theaters. It was just straight to like a three part. You know, yeah. at home. Yeah, movie. but you gotta understand, like Meredith Burgess was the bad guy of the GI Joe movie, where you're like, "What? Who is that for?" It almost <laughs> truly seems like this straight down the line dichotomy of these ideas are this movie has to be for kids, and the other line of people going like, 
but there's just so much cocaine I could do. You don't even understand. Like I could just do so many drugs and this movie right. could just be whatever we want it to be. And you're like, I just don't know about that. The idea that you would go, you know, Mike, you mentioned it. Peacemaker would love this movie. You would go <laughs> like, well, the soundtrack is hair metal. And mm-hmm. Half that board is like, what are you talking about? And they're like, it's hair metal. That's the greatest idea on the planet. You know, that's what goes with Transformers. And then like during the other the death half scenes? goes- Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. The other half goes like, well, okay, well, hold on. For the kids, we got to get one thing in here. Who's the biggest artist of all time for the kids right now? We'll get an original Weird Al song. And it won't be parodying anything. It'll just be the tone be of a Devo song. You're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what does yes. that mean? <laughs> yes, it's a parody Who's of Devo's style. Dare to be Dare stupid to be off stupid. of his, his 80s album. Eat a bunch of sushi um, and just leave the tip. You know, dare to be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> which is it, which is played during like a climactic fight scene. It's just like it's dare to so be stupid. Bizarre. It's like so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's played while but again to go. <laughs> it's hold on yeah. real quick. It's played yeah. on the junk planet while Ultra Magnus, played by voice actor Robert Stack, who again, if you're our age from our generation, you don't know who Robert Stack is. You know the guy from Unsolved Mysteries in the trench coat standing in the fog who would go, mm. Jessica's still missing. Yes, they cut her head off, but we're still looking for her out there. Unsolved Mysteries. And I'd be like, oh my God, right. Ultra Magnus, what are you doing? <laughs> well, again, to go back to the casting of it yeah. all, um, you know, this was made in 1986. It's I'm just confused by these names they got. It's not like they were big stars in the 80s. Like no. Orson Welles wasn't a star in the 80s. No, he was the executives were fans of, and they're old. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, Leonard Nimoy, obviously he was Spock in you know the 60s. Obviously the movies were popular, but it's not like he was a huge like A-list star. Yeah, he did the, the Hobbit like, song. It's just bizarre. Right, in 78. So. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He's very relevant. He just loves animation, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't think, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that maybe the executives did not have the touch uh, That's with this fair. one. Yeah. That's fair. But you can't argue that they did have the power. They and certainly that's why did. It all <laughs> and they exercised now, it. With, yeah. Well, like you said, this is not a movie that would get made today. That's why no. it's like no. so great. No. Well, yeah. I, I would argue like beyond a movie, they just don't make cartoons like this anymore. Like there is not a show where they're like, this is the original wild concept that we have. And, um, Kids can watch it, I guess, but it's like inherently violent and about these weird sci-fi sticks. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's not, they're not like who farted jokes in the middle of these interjected. Like they are relatively serious stories that have like wild stakes to them that yeah. for some reason kids enjoy. Like no, it's not J- Joe, the yeah. targeted jokes at an are audience. Like, Grimlock says like, tell me about the robot rabbits cup. He makes like a of mice and men reference. And you're like, what, <laughs> yes. what is this? <laughs> right. And then, yeah, like when they're in the court scene and they watch some people get executed and then they Spare like make a joke this like, mockery of that justice. doesn't happen to us. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> It's insane. And then the one the one audience character, Daniel, I guess, is just watching his friends die left and right. And it's like, man, this he is really so is like the audience dark. insert. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys get very anxious 
having a father yell at a kid not understanding how to do sort of a simple task did that bring any flashbacks <laughs> to any of you guys <laughs> i was more sure. concerned with just use a gun daniel use a gun <laughs> shoot it quickly use shoot your it, you idiot. suit you idiot do you think you guys could have figured out transformation quicker in that thing i think i could have gotten that oh, right no away <laughs> the yelling at really worked just, i would have been like for sure this thing yelling happens. transform as soon as it got yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that panel open and figured it out real quick so it, it yes. is effective yeah. He's like, I don't have a gun. Use your suit. Oh, okay. Now that I know to use my suit, don't I automatically know how use to do your that. Suit. When he gets sucked <laughs> in, when the moon gets eaten, it's very traumatic for me, guys. It is. Gotta it understand. Is. Watching Spike, I was like, this is a lot. There's stakes to this, and it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you literally watch some other Transformers get dropped in that yes. acid, like, right before, and just, like, yeah. fucking die Which in Which I guess is how you, Unicron you know. digests people, like, individual people. <laughs> hmm. I guess so. Because we have and the fact that he can even metal. like do just like oh one person here we go like I'll take that one just a little snack. <laughs> like, like, you need I'm to eating a single like, piece yeah, of popcorn. One person. Is that a grain of rice yeah. to him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing. And it is asshole. like, you know, this is the the blueprint. So it's interesting, you know, Marvel Studios was a part of this, right? In mm-hmm. the opening credits, you can see. And then Omicron kind of became the uh basis for every time they've tried to do anything like Galactus in in any Basically. you know media. Mm-hmm. This planet eating celestial yeah. level threat or Blob whatever yeah time. cosmic level threat yeah. Yeah. it's just like you know it, it doesn't have a necessary humanoid form the entire time it's just kind You're of like, this really? existence I, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. a lot of a lot of trailblazing a lot of hot rotting you know a lot of a lot of flames mm-hmm. on cars in this movie but again it did ripple down and eventually lead to the more stable transformers that we know now and they're still like like these toys are still coming out from this movie, right? Like there's yes. hot sellers, as you said, people are buying them. So there's been a resurgence now, of love for it. So the timing is weirdly uh, prescient. Let alone the idea that you can go ahead and just go the and get these series um, of uh, specific toys that are for this film itself, right? This entire line that's out there. Now Hasbro has what's called Haslabs, right, Joe? Which are the crowdsourced toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what they'll do is, you know, it's like a big project that uh, previously they've done things like the sail barge from Jabba, the, you know, Jabba's sail barge from uh, the Return Jedi, of the Jedi, yeah. a, a, a Sentinel that's in scale with their action figures. So the big stuff that not everybody is getting. You have to yeah. be super into this thing to want a very expensive uh, version of it. They now have successfully launched uh, a Unicron toy. You can get the full scale size, you know, gigantic ass motherfucker with the wings and all that stuff. Uh, And it's pretty one of a kind. And I believe it's maybe the first Unicron that's kind of like licensed by Hasbro. They've had these like Mm. other series like Armada and stuff where there are these like imitation Unicrons. But this is like the movie Unicron. The one. Do you know how much they raised for that? um, Oh, like a grand, I think. Yeah, it was. It was like, I think it was like wow. a six or six or seven hundred dollars sure. price tag. I think. Okay. Um, wow. I saw it. It at Comic Con twenty nineteen. They had it on wow. display, mm. and it's like just massive. I mean, Colin doesn't. Did your Did your brother go in on that? That seems like something he, has he would one want. Now he was not wow. the person in charge of that, but he is very excited to have it as his collection. That's so cool. Nice. I mean, I thought I Cobra say, Command has- Center was sick, but. Whoops, sorry. That's the the fucking huge. USS flag or fucking whatever it was. Joe, yeah, that's pretty big, carrier. too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the idea that he still has our old Generation 1 toys, you know, he's got the the line that he works on now. Um, I don't know. Again, the, this movie's just a huge part of my life. Let's jump now. We'll hit the wrap-up. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other things that I want to get out, but I, I think I'm ready to roll out here. And, it seems and like it was a transformative thoughts. experience for you, you know, growing up with this. We'll get to hey, final yeah. thoughts. Put on, put on the suit. You got the touch! You got the power! We're back. We're trying to open the Matrix. I didn't touch it first when it landed, so it's not working for me. Uh, Mike, do you mind? I mean, I'm trying oh. to open it. Oh, hi, Commodus. Oh, he is now oh, Mike to Miss Prime. Mike, I am Mike to Miss Prime. I'll take your face. Uh, you want to murder now. All right, you know, so we're here. Final so thoughts. Yeah. We are, and that raises an interesting final question that I'll ask you guys. Was Optimus wrong? He chooses to pass the Matrix to uh, Ultra Magnus. He's like, it's up to you, dog. And he blows it because I guess the natural leader, because it's faded, is Rodimus Prime. Apparently, and he gets a trailer. When you become a prime, you get a trailer. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's interesting. Well, Ultra Magnus was kind of like, you know, in the NFL, when they fire the coach, like, oh, the interim, and they have the interim <laughs> head coach. He was the interim head coach, yeah. He yeah. Just in They're not going to hire him for next year, but he just has yeah. to finish out the season. I found and that was Ultra Magnus. Yo, are you oh, calling Ultra Magnus a jobber? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What would his name from? have been? If he popped it open, would it have been Ultra Prime or Magnus Prime or Ultra Magnus Prime? Ultra oh. Prime just sounds like redundant. I've seen enough <laughs> Japanese media that Magnus. it was going to be Ultra, Ultra Magnus Prime. Prime. You Ultra only Ms. add adjectives. You never subject. You never subtract yeah. an adjective. <laughs> you always add. Like uh, <laughs> Super Street Fighter 3 Ultra Third Impact, you know, like Alpha. Hell yeah. The most a- 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 <laughs> adjectives possible. Um, I guess if I can jump in real quick, it's talking about uh, Japanese media. I like kind of the line that Transformers, like the ground that it kind of stuck its flag in because it did open the door, like Colin said earlier on, for a lot of people to get into this type of animation. Even the toy lines, you know, where Takara coming out of Japan, you know, it's just like, oh, we got these robot transforming toys and it's two different lines. What if we just pretend like they're one thing and we make a show or, you know, so it's like this kind of weird things similar to gi joe or you know any of those 80s shows where it's like all right we got these toys just i don't know make it make a show figure it out i don't care just sell the toys but then that becomes something bigger than itself and and it's clear the studio didn't understand that and they didn't understand the people's connection with these properties after they you know had them for their childhood and that's kind of why the response was so cold but i like the idea that these early toy commercial shows actually did a lot for getting people exposed to stuff that they wouldn't have been otherwise and really kind of opening the door for, yeah, you know, Japanese media and stuff to get it more exposure in the West. And also like studios like, um, toy, you know, working on these that helped them get their bankroll because they were, they started dragon ball in 86. So they were probably pre-production and bankrolling dragon ball off of these Western productions. So like the way it's all tied together, it's just pretty fascinating to me. And I can, I can appreciate it for that. And also the power rock. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, I just wanted to point out, so obviously this came out summer of 86. 
was a theatrical failure at first, right? But if you look at the lineup, and not to be like, you know, they don't make them like they used to, <laughs> but the lineup of movies in summer of 86 is just insane. So I just want to read off some of the Jeez, movies that came context, out that summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to see, you know, why maybe it didn't do so well. But uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Karate Kid Part 2, Aliens, uh, Short Circuit, Labyrinth, Big Trouble in Little China, Howard the Duck, Stand By Me, Flight of the Navigator, The Fly. That all came out uh, in the I summer of 86. And at least a third yeah. of them were like I mean, family movies. Yeah. 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 So you can understand why it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what, you know, what summer blockbuster, what year from the last 20 years can really compete with that? You know, not to say that they don't make, you know, they still make good movies, obviously, but on the, on the scale of, of something like that, where it's just like classics, it's like, how do you compete? You know? Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. It's a tough competition. Yeah, no, the eighties, man. I will like commit to that. They don't make them like this anymore. Specifically like Transformers as a brand or as an animation property. 35 years later, I think the movie holds up amazingly. Uh, and if, if you look at something like like Thundercats, I think is a great example, right? Like that's a show from the 80s that then they brought back and they brought back in a very childlike, playful manner. There is no cartoon that's being made that has a... a for, for the kid like like me, I did not watch cartoons about kids. I thought they were silly. I thought mm-hmm. they were childish. I wanted something like Transformers, G.I. Joe, Batman, right. Spider-Man, X-Men. Like I wanted to be transported to a different world that kind of felt mature, that had stakes, but it was... Uh, a contained universe. They they don't really do that anymore. And I think the I think beauty- the only one mm-hmm. is the new is the He Man show on Netflix, right? The Kevin Smith He Man yeah. show is kind of like love that. Now. That, that could era. be the only one. But that's not right, even exactly. like that's the adult version that they have. There is another He Man mm-hmm. show that's for kids. Yeah, yeah. Like right. they don't really make a. This is for you know anyone can enjoy this story, right? Like they don't really approach these franchises from that point of view anymore and i would love to see a return of form there because i think transformers the reason people are so hung up on it 35 years after this movie is because they had that experience when they were a kid of like oh the stakes are my favorite character died (laughs) like that's not really happening when the stakes are it's hey arnold and we play in the streets at night like i don't know for me i always wanted shows that Kind of had more more weight and and uh, stakes to them and, and escapism. So I, I do think yeah. like I would love to see a return to form and like use the Transformers movie as a model, please. I, I see what you're yeah, saying. I agree yeah. with you, Joe. And even with the He Man show on Netflix, obviously they kill off He Man uh, to bring him back later. But the fans already so many of them Same like hated reaction. that. It's like can't please yeah. fans these days. And you know, the the fans too, don't know what they want. It's like those Netflix series. You could say, oh, Castlevania's got stakes and it's dark, or the, the Witcher cartoon, but that's not made for kids. That's made for, you know, adults. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what I'm saying is there's, there's yeah. the, the family entertainment is dead. There is children's entertainment and mm. children's content, and then there's adult entertainment and adult content. But that sweet spot where it's like, Oh, I'm my my ten year old cousin is going to sit down and watch this Batman, and I'm going to be just engrossed in it as they are, and we're going to laugh at the same stuff, and we're going to enjoy all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They they don't really do it like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even on the comic book side, you have the Harley Quinn show. That's obviously for adults. It's got very adult humor. Uh, when you have the more kid oriented Batman shows, they tend to be like 
you know, like Teen, teen Titans Go or something like that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. They don't make them and like, like they look, used those to. shows are valid. They have their own place. What I'm saying is I think there's a, a, a void of like something like Transformers or like uh, G.I. Joe. I mean, I think Airbender, the last Airbender, Avatar, like that's probably the last great American version that you could yeah. look at. For like kind of what I'm describing. Yeah, we open a whole can of worms yeah. if we start talking about anime and we'll get flooded by true, fans true. way more knowledgeable well, yeah. than me. But I, definitely what you're saying, there's a clear delineation between children's content and adult content. That sweet spot yeah. that was once taken up by Transformers is gone now. I'll even just jump on yep. that point for my final thoughts and say, you know, the the last fan choice I made you guys watch was Aladdin. You know, I love animated <sighs> movies. I love animation. To everything you guys are saying of how you're categorizing this in a box or whatever, it's also interesting to just look at these points in time, right? Cartoons, back in the day, like back, back in the day before this, used to be Bugs Bunny and hijinks, Mickey Mouse and hijinks. You know, it's a little goofy guy, fucking Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin style hijinks, okay? Mm -hmm. This period, our cartoons were commercials. That's what they were. It was, the whole point was... We're going to fucking sell this shit out of you, some some stuff. You're going to buy that shit. That is the trade-off. And we are at that weird happy medium point because the the stuff you guys just listed out for the new shows, I'll, I'll throw Adventure Time or something on that lot too of these like, you know, where you go like, is this for kids? Is this for adults? Does this sell toys? Is it literally, have we hit this point mm. sort of with the high horror too and stuff where it's just like, it's really just more about the art. Is that what we're actually saying here? I don't know. It's fascinating. Well, I think a lot of um, you know a lot of kids' entertainment or a lot of just entertainment now in general has become very self-referential humor style. Like the humor style now is very different than it used to be, and you know everything's become meta. Everything's become yes. nostalgia based. Can I, so it's kind can of can I go with that though yeah. and give you the answer why yeah. currency used to be. The currency was to buy things. If you sell enough action figures of Power Rangers, Mm. Jacob, we get more seasons of Power Rangers. The currency now is how shareable is your show? How memeable? Are kids, are little kids going to be texting pictures of Jake the dog to you going like bacon pancakes, you know, excited that bacon pancakes are out there? Because here's the currency that translates to clicks on our website, subscribers Mm -hmm. to our CartoonNetwork.com, our HBO Max, our, our whatever, whatever, right? So, Fortnite activations. You know, it's yes. the, the things they're going for are different. The meta, self-referential, the irreverent, the, you know, it's it's this CalArt style that it sounds like I'm picking on, but the regular show, you know, the like, yeah. whoa, the sort of like bleep bloop. It's, it's so rando and weird, our crazy humor. Mm-hmm. That is because right. that is trying to target you into a different direction than stuff being blown up and looking cool was targeted to us to buy stuff that blows up and looked cool. Yeah. And I think right. the other side, too, is like literally their starting point is we have a product 
we wish to move it. So we must create a story around it. We see that with He-Man. Like, hey, well, we'll figure it out later. Paint the tiger He's green. He's a big, like, meaty guy. Right. But now there's no product, right, with Adventure Time. Like Joe said, it's Fortnite activation. I don't know the toy sales numbers. Obviously, they're still popular. But it's like, seems like a kid's more apt to spend $10 on his Fortnite avatar than $10 on an Adventure Time action figure, so to speak. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be out of pocket, Joe. Correct me if I am. But I see maybe there's a shift in like, yeah, if I could just get an Adventure Time skin for Fortnite. Why would I go through the process of manufacturing all these toys and marketing them? You know, it's like, yeah. Or if you look at, you know, what's the biggest animated hits of the last several years, obviously Rick and Morty is a big one. That's one that has mm-hmm. adult humor a lot of the times, but can, but kids find it equally entertaining because it's goofy and it's, it's, you know, irre- irreverent. Lubba, lubba, it's kind dumb, of random dumb. a lot of, yeah. We- so it can kind of appeal to both, but um, I think that's one that's like had mainstream you don't appeal think for net for a Lubba while. Lubba Dub Dub and Ba Weep Grana Weep Ninny Bomb share like <laughs> this much DNA of each other. Yeah, there's sure. gonna be a, an episode where Rick and Morty have to use that universal greeting. But Joe, can I ask a question that's less stupid than maybe my other the point I might have just posited? Um, is yeah, potentially sure. the licensing, the Funko Pop of it all, like the licensing out of your brands to other companies. It's like, why bother running a line if I can license it and we get a rev split or something? Like, shit. Is that also part of why? I, don't know. I mean, I think it depends on like who and what the brand is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Transformers is has been around as a as a Hasbro property. Like that is their baby. You know yep. what I mean? Like that's that's different than than licensing out like something that exists outside. You know what I mean? Like we're not really doing the kind of original toy lines we were doing before for kids. Cause I don't really think kids are looking at the world like that. And like, right. if we're like, like full circle with animation, like, I don't know, I would blame like family guy for everything. Like they wanted to be <laughs> the new Simpsons, but what they did is inspire a generation of animators to make the same product over and over again. And it just got more and more diluted and infected everything until, yeah, like it boils down to everything kind of looks and sounds the same. And it's all just referencing back to each other Mm -hmm. uh, in like one constant circle. Yeah. And then I guess just also like eighties, we're making new properties. And then like now, no one wants to make new properties. It's like, just find something that already is popular and we'll relicense yes. it. We'll just do more Jurassic Park toys, more Star Wars toys. Stick with what works, you know. That Kevin Eastman, Mike, could literally call his studio, Mirage Studios, the apartment that he lived in, and they would come up with something just two guys. Yeah, that's not happening anymore because now that's it's done. two bros going like, could I buy the rights to the book Dune and turn it into an NFT somehow? And you're like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Unicron, we need it. He was right. Just bring him back. Yeah, I offer this NFT of Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating, but it is, yeah, like Transformers is such a big part of like the genesis of this kind of model. And, you know, it's still such a big part. Like I said, War of the Beasts is coming soon. So, like, it's, no signs of slowing down. Um, yeah. And then we'll get to see, you know, Megatron with the T-Rex head on his arm, which I cannot wait yeah. for. Final question. Um, <laughs> Will we be back for that, Mike? Will we do an episode on the next live action Transformers movie? Are we obligated to? I, I, I believe um, we're obligated to by law. Um, <laughs> Every Transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can well, the Transformers not. film series is interesting to me because um, <laughs> this will be my final thought. But obviously, you know. 
a lot of fans of the original show don't love the movies, the Michael Bay ones, especially generally they like Bumblebee the most out of all those mm-hmm. movies. And yet that one did theatrically the worst, uh, even though critically it did the best. So the question is like, what do they want the franchise to be? Because, you know, they might upset all their OG fans, but the Michael Bay films in their prime were hugely, you know, box office, huge successes. So, I'm interested to see with this Beast Wars if they can kind of straddle the line between what the fans want and what general audiences want and make a really good movie. And it's hitting the kind of the next generation. There's a lot of kids who are introduced to transforming things by Beast Wars as opposed to the robots. So it's mm-hmm. a whole, pardon the turn of phrase, it's a whole different animal. Um, we'll have to <laughs> yeah, see what yeah, happens. I'll definitely <laughs> have to watch it, yeah. Yeah. We can't not. Yeah. I can't. Curiosity killed the cat, and I still got about how many Transformers movies were there? Five, so I got four more lives. We'll be, we'll be all right. Oh my god! Yeah. Curiosity <laughs> killed the cat, but the Allspark brought it back. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was right. <laughs> but not Prime. Who does come back in the? Uh, if we ever wanted to do any other more of these, the animated uh, TV movie, The Return of Optimus Prime. <laughs> The search for Spock. Like Death and Return of Superman. Which is essentially the search of Spock. And oddly enough, like a zombie movie. It's about a virus that jumps between the Transformers and makes them act crazy. Hey, same animation. Sign me up. I'd watch that. No, it's very bad. It's TV. So, all right. Let's uh, let's roll out of here. Let's uh, transform. And, uh, you know, Normies, that was our final thoughts on this. If you've seen this movie, 15-year-old listener in uh, Yugoslavia... Hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us and tag me specifically, Colin, and say, I have seen this movie. Uh, it was a classic for me. I would love to know why. If it was an older sibling thing, uh, if it's just something that's a classic to you on your own, then uh, I want to know. Um, and yeah, check out our YouTube. Watch all the videos Jake was putting together. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We love it. And we have been your hosts. Uh, I guess we'll just do it all again. We'll all be Optimus Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mike Rodimus Prime. Uh, Omni Colin. Mm. Uh, this is uh, Jacob Block. Me, Jacob Block. Me, no bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I should have done Optimus Prime ribs. Bye, anyway. we've grown up. There we go. Bye. We've My name is Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. If you don't like, share, subscribe, or visit our YouTube, remember, I will kill you.